Hey, hey, welcome to Web3 Weekly with your host, Blockstar Technology. Let's go. Installation um, and also YouTube guys, pretty much we are live uh, today. This is our um, 21st uh, episode uh, of our podcast, Web3 uh, weekly podcast. So uh, today we have uh, Sikia um, and uh, we'll pass on to Sikia to uh, give a little bit of an intro about himself. And today we are missing Maureen. So it's myself, uh, Craig and Charlie here. And um, our prestigious guest, uh, Sikia. <laughs> <laughs> Off to you, man. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I guess uh, a quick summary is I'm an artist and designer from Melbourne, Australia, as you can probably tell from the accent and the room behind me. Uh, I've been working in streetwear, fashion, and sort of art culture holistically for nearly 18 years. Uh, I've worked for a lot of big brands, both corporately as a designer, as a consultant, as an artist. Uh, and I've been in crypto since like 2017 and NFTs for pretty close to two years now. So yeah. nice to talk to you guys. Awesome. Um, so Matt, you know, I've been following you for a while and I've, I love your podcast. Uh, the value that you bring in is like really cool. And you know, I had to tell before we start, I just want to tell a quick story. Um, basically, I, I already mentioned this to you, so you know. Um, I was never into like sneakers. I was like, you know, I love NFTs. But um, I saw the culture a bit, but I was never really into it. And then when I came across you, um, I was like, oh, who's this Sikia guy? You know what I mean? He's like everywhere. Um, and then <laughs> I was like following you and reading through your uh, posts and everything else. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. This... I had a bit of a uh, sneaker fetish when I was young, um, about, about 20, 30 years ago. But... And I was like, oh, this is, this is cool, you know? I got the nostalgic, you know, um, thing. And it's like, oh, this is cool. So then um, I've been listening. And then I joined, um, I bought into the uh, the Mean Cage uh, NFT project. Um, and then, yeah, and then I got one of the uh, sneakers from uh, from that. I won one of them from Sam Edelman. And yeah, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Um, and that's it, you know? I mean, like, so you inspired me to get on it and then, you know, here you go, I got on those like super custom sneakers. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks, great. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. I think um, it's a really fun crossover because I think NFTs obviously play into that like collectability mindset that, you know, hype culture that we all know uh, very well is, you know, I would say when it comes to hype though, like NFTs are unlike anything I've ever lived in in the past, whether it's like streetwear fashion, sneakers, designer toys, the ups and downs of this space are an accelerated rate of like a hundred times over anything I've experienced before. But I think that it's just so translatable. And I think that for me, what excites me the most, and, and I say this a lot in spaces is, you know, I remember going to like the first ever squat meet that I ever went to for sneakers. And there was like less than a hundred people there. I was first in wow. line. I wasn't sure anyone else was going to show up. I was like, am I the only person who cares about shoes? Besides yeah. the people that organize this event. And then, you know, 20 years later, I still talk to, you know, so many of those people that I met that night. And I feel like we're in a similar position now. And obviously you guys know it and feel it as well. But like, for me, you know, being a part of like the emergence of a song culture into something so much more than that um, is a really exciting wave to be a part of. And, you know, I look at the hundreds of millions of people that buy into or collect sneakers and toys and fashion and 
collectibles every year and what a microscopic percentage of those people who know what NFTs and digital collectibles are at the moment. And, and I go like, the opportunity here is endless, especially with players like Nike and Adidas and everyone already jumping in. So I am really excited and passionate about where we're at and where we're going. And uh, I'm excited that like people find something out of the space that I bring. Like uh, I feel lucky to be able to combine so many things I'm passionate about into the space at the moment. And that's actually what gave me my career. I studied finance, uh, which no. is why I like crypto. Wow. And I started doing graffiti on sneakers. And by the time I finished my uni degree, I was like, man, can I make a career doing art? Like, <laughs> I can avoid the bank. <laughs> so, you know, I, I pursued that. And then here we are like 18, 19 years later. So I have a knack for finding a way to combine a bunch of things I love into one. And uh, crypto and NFT seem to be the thing that, you know, resonates with me most at the moment. So I'm excited that you enjoy it. Can, can I ask for you, what came first? Was it the art or was it the sneakers? <laughs> sneakers. It was definitely sneakers. So I was raised very like strict Catholic Italian. So <laughs> I didn't have a lot of choice in my education, as you can imagine. So yeah. it was math, science, commerce. Um, and I didn't study any kind of art at all. Never have. I'm 100% self-taught in everything I do and have done. So I would say it was definitely a passion for basketball. At the age of 13, the day I turned 13, I got a cash job in a bakery as a janitor after school to earn money to buy Jordans. So nice. it was definitely sneakers. And then by the time I was like 18, 19, sneaker culture started to blow up. And I was like, I want something that no one else has. I don't want something that 500,000 people have. So I started just painting my own sneakers and then Posting, this, this will date me and, and tell you how old yeah. I am. Uh, I started posting them on MySpace. And oh, then months later, I was making cool. them for rappers in America. It just like, it was just like a serendipitous accident that ended up changing my life, I guess. So yeah, it kind of worked out for the best. But sneakers definitely came about four or five years before the art did. Yeah. Oh, my, um, can I comment on your background? Those yeah. figurines <laughs> look sick, man. <laughs> Yeah, this is the this is the studio. So this is where I sit for way too many hours every day. Um, I obviously want to work towards a bigger space. If you could see the rest of this room, it's just as chaotic. There's very little room to breathe in here. But um, I have a cabinet off to my left that you can't see on screen. That's like all my work, um, all my collaborations and stuff. And then behind me is toys designed by companies that I work for, or designed by friends, or something that inspires me and um, I actually as an artist did the like global comic-con tour for a few years so like New York, Singapore, Hong Kong and uh, I would always buy something at every event I went to to kind of That's remember crazy. it. I'm not big on taking photos so I just kind of yes. collect stuff as I travel and uh, what you see behind me is a lot of uh, a lot of that journey. Man that's so cool. Um, mate so um, I heard your backstory uh, being in spaces you know, I would love for you to sort of, you know, uh, tell us how, what, what the journey, you know, progress, you know, so far for you. Yeah, so basically two years ago, I was sitting in the kitchen working on a spreadsheet uh, for an uninspiring uh, outcome. And a friend of mine that is a very well-known artist, his name is Justin Meller. Um, he's like the digital, the godfather of like digital art. I always quote that to him as a joke because yeah. the first time I ever met him, I read an article about him like the day before, before I went and caught up with him and we just played basketball for like five hours. Um, 
and uh, he had a drop on 50 game weight and he had an event that changed his life and like I was like tearing in the living room wow. as like a friend of his like watching his hard work be rewarded by this new technology called blockchain and NFTs and the reward for decades of hard work of digital art and being a master of his craft being rewarded financially rather than just exploited by companies um, was like a mind explosion for me and he'd been on my back about NFTs like you know with my art style it's quite translatable into vector it's quite cartoon so it works well in the space Uh, and obviously we knew that sneakers was going to play a role in this space eventually so um, after that um, we just continued to talk about it more and I decided to buy in and educate myself. Uh, I don't know if you remember Savage Droids, uh, so I bought into Savage Droids and Dead Fellas pretty quickly yeah. and then found out that NFTs were more than just selling JPEGs, it was about like community and finding um, you know, a place that brought you whatever you wanted it to bring you and I think the Dead Fellas community displayed to me that NFTs could build what forums built in the 2010s. Mm. Uh, I used to run a forum with half a million people on it. And I was like, oh shit, this feels familiar, yeah. really fun. So the community element was like the last missing piece of the puzzle for me that really got me sucked in. So ever since then, it's been NFTs every day. And um, yeah, just working towards eventually launching my own project, being involved in projects I'm passionate about and giving value back to people that want to get involved and educating them about how to do it safely. So yeah, it's yeah. been a crazy, it's, I can't believe it's two years. Like it's, it's, it's not wow. hey, like the hours are endless, but the days go fast. I don't know how that works. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, it's same with us here, right? Charlie, I mean, you yeah. can, you know, say. Yeah, I know. Well, Blockstars, we're almost at two years now and yeah. we've got a lot done, but it just feels like it's been done so quick as well. Like the time just disappears, you know? Dog years. Dog years, yeah, <laughs> dog, dog years, you know? To... And that's what we are saying, like, you know, if you're like, you know, coming from uh, Web2 um, space, coming to this one, it's just like super fast, isn't it? Like, and you can't keep up with it. Like, yeah, that's the thing is, yeah. you know? I think um, it's really interesting, right? So like coming from an artist's point of view, I would work on a project traditionally 12 months out. And then like for a corporate point of view, like 18 to 24 months out, yeah. now you drop something and two, two minutes later, people want what's next. <laughs> yes. It's just like, you end up in a space where there's like no reward for outcome yeah. um, on the other side. So yeah, it, it's very different. And like, it definitely keeps you on your toes. There's, mm. I think there's real excitement energy around the pace at which you can yep. create in this space and be um, inventive and like mm. recreate yourself or bring something new and exciting. I wish people on the other side of the fence sometimes would breathe, take a breath yes. before like, hammering people for something else yeah. uh, but you know that's the space that we're in and we'll evolve into something more mature over a longer period of time which i think is already happening this year i mean like the, the first three or four weeks i feel like have been a bit more chill and there's a mm. bit less um pressure maybe that's because some dgen mints have done well yes. and people yeah. are <laughs> a bit stressed but yeah i the pace is unbelievable i try and explain to people i get a lot of questions from people about like how their project can work with brands. Like, it's like the number one thing in my inbox. Like, X project has minted out, has a two-week floor. How can we work with a sneaker brand? And I'm like, okay, first things first, it's January 2023. Yeah. So I'm like, out till the end of 2024. Like, how's your roadmap for the next two years? And then, like, the conversation kind of, like, gets weird, right? Because 
in this space, if you don't have a plan for tomorrow, you don't have a plan for two years away. So trying to mesh the Web 2 and Web 3 world is really interesting right now. Yeah, I mean, 100%. You know, I mean, like, Charlie, what do you... Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like, we travel at a fast pace, open source, decentralized. It's a game changer for innovation. And we've yeah. seen it over the years happen in numerous ways. And once it gets done done well, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. finally it, like, got pulled off and it's working. And I see, yep, yeah, that's the... That's going to be the standard that will probably go forward until we innovate again, which 100%. can be a month away, six months away. It's not really longer than four years, though. And it's, uh, it's not just the speed that, at which it's traveling mm. or progressing. It's the breadth of, yep. of, of and <laughs> what it's covering, mm -hmm. which is why it's so difficult to keep up. It's not necessarily that you can't keep up with the speed. Makes sense, yeah. But it's just the such breadth. a wide variety of, of yes. everything that's being right. innovated mm. that you need to specialise. You, you've got to pick your own specialties or you won't keep up with that if you're trying to keep up with yeah. everything. Yeah. So. And I agree with you 100%. Like, I actually had this discussion with um, some Moonbirds today. Uh, I'm in a Moonbird space and I'm a holder, so we catch up pretty regularly. And I was like, man, I'm going to start selling out of projects I love because I just can't keep track of them. I'm missing free mints. Yeah. So I'm, like, I'm missing like claims. I'm missing staking. Like, you know, the, the space is evolving so much. And then you, you take into account wanting to get back into DeFi, following the crypto charts. Like, there's just so much more. You're, I think you're 100% right. And I, I think that it's exciting that it gives people opportunity to like specialize in a space that like a year ago, I could be across everything, like yeah. Okay, yeah. without much stress. I wake up this morning and I'm like, okay, what do I do first? I go on IC tools, I open blur, I go and like check point spot, like I check pricing, <laughs> um, I've got 115 new alerts on Discord, which ones are important, yeah. like what, what have sold overnight, like it's, Arm, right so yes um yeah i think for me i'm i'm now i'm dedicated to narrowing focus at the moment mm. because you know you can only be a master of a few things otherwise you're a master of none and uh yeah. being in 150 odd projects and you know not being one a valued contributor to those projects then as well is not really great for the ecosystem so i hear you yeah. agree. I, I think it's both i think the pace but also the breadth is something that you know we don't discuss a lot because mm. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I want to spend my day creating, not yes. catching up on Discord. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, right? I, I think it yeah. speaks volumes for the amount of, I guess, space and room for other people to join. Yes. The, the Web3. Yeah. yeah, at yeah. the moment, I guess, when you when you started like two years ago, it's, it was easy to keep up with, like, oh, it's like two projects, oh, it's another project, third project, oh, another project, fourth project, oh, another project. Yeah. And it, before you know it, now you're like into like seven, eight, I got like... 30 yeah, or yeah, Discord yeah. channels in there, and I, I can't keep up with anything. You know, I keep up with like Refriends, Mintage, and Kingship, and two of those like that. And I just like, you know what? Other ones are like maybe once or twice a week type of deal because it's just like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and getting back to um, the question before secure, how do you see brands as we know it? Like we've seen great work from Nike and Artifact working together and we've got a sort of a new way of supporting fashion with QR codes and AR. But how do you see brands coming into this space in say the next five years or 10 years as such mm. and what that movement looks like from your um, experience? 
Customer experience will be primarily driven through loyalty, brand, app integrations, but then it's just so many fun things we can do. And, you know, Fabricant is already showing that through their partnership with Vogue and, and the stuff that they're doing from a digital fashion point of view. So that was a lot, sorry, but there's so many things to do in this space when it comes to fashion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like, that's a crazy thing, right? Even, um, you know, hearing uh, to you, uh, Sikhia, it's just like, it opens our minds. Like, I mean, like we are in this space, we are, um, we are doing uh, projects, we are doing audits, we are doing all of this, we are also doing 3D, um, we got 3D artists and we're doing all that stuff. But still, listening to what you just told us, like, oh, wow, you know, that's cool, you know? I think a lot of people think of like, oh, this is what happens in the real world. Let me take you to the metaverse. Let me take, okay, you know what? Let's go and watch, a, you know, whatever, right? I, th I don't think people are still, I, I guess you have to be empathized with them because they can't see what that is yet because I think apart from Nike, even Adidas didn't execute on their thing properly. It was just like stale. I don't know what happens yeah. there. Apart from Nike, I don't know who has really done something like, you know? So. Well, I think the thing about them too is, right, they, I say this, so I worked there for eight years. Um, it was a while ago, but so, like, I have brand bias, like, I did work there <laughs> as part of my career, and I've done a bunch of artwork, and I did a collab with Jordan Brand, so, like, I'm pretty familiar with them. Uh, I would say that, like, as much as anything from a product point of view, Nike is arguably maybe the best marketing agency in the world, yeah. right? And... I think where they see an opportunity, they drive brand value. And I'll give you two reasons why I think that this sets like the trend off for the wider market and sets a blueprint. One, Nike gave had at their annual meeting a couple months back, had four logos on the stage. The uh, Jumpman for Jordan Brand, the Swoosh for Nike, the Converse check, if you don't know, yep. Converse is owned by Nike, and then they had the artifact blade next to it. Mm -hmm. Like I can't like, I get chills talking to you about that. Like that as like a brand is like so immensely important to them. So they are dedicated to making this work. I know that they're staffed up. Artifact is continuing to push from strength to strength with the launch of Project Animus impending and their pod burn this week. But on top of that, if that isn't enough to show you like the brand investment and dedication to their product from a Web3 point of view, I would say that um, they got into skateboarding in the early 2000s and the skateboarding community was very FU to Nike. They were like, you're culture vultures, you don't belong. Who's the biggest skateboarding company in the world today? It's Nike, right? Like, and by a long shot, it's not even close. So when it comes to like dedication and the success to make this kind of project work, even if you look at the fact that they launched their project with Baroque on Run Radio rather than going traditional Web2 media, that's a good point. They're dedicated to making it work. If you're a brand sitting on the periphery watching what's happened so far, they're providing everyone with a roadmap. And I think that when people find out about what brands are doing over the next six to 12 months, there's gonna be a lot of missteps, right? There's gonna be products that do and don't work, but I think that you know, there's a lot of people coming along for the ride and realizing that maybe they can commercialize their brand in the world of esports through this lens where every brand in the world has tried to commercialized esport over the last decade and failed because I play games in my socks and tracksuit pants, not yeah. performance clothing and uh, energy drinks. Exactly. So it's going to be, yeah, I, I really think they've set a landmark up for everyone to follow. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, it's, I guess probably if a lot of other artists, the digital artists, right, uh, following you, 
I feel like they'll be thinking like, oh my God, how is this guy doing this stuff? Like superhuman, right? Doing this art there, doing this that here, and then all these things, right? So like we have, um, you know, we talk with different artists, whether it's like uh, sculpture artists or digital artists or painting, like oil paint, yeah, you know, <laughs> artists. And so for them, they're still not, like traditional artists are not seeing the value of it because, you know, again, because it's not, Touchable, no one's really talking there, like, ah, oh, I don't know how, like, oh, crypto is a scam and type of things, right? And that's okay. I mean, look, I think it's really like long-term onboarding process, yeah. right? So when you got onto the whole crypto space, what was that one thing that if you can think back to, it, it flipped the switch for you as an artist? Oh, shit, I think, oh, sorry. Um, you know what? Damn, I should go on, you know? <laughs> dive deep you know what I mean that rabbit hole so what was that one thing for you that you can really remember that that inflection point I think from like so from a finance education point of view the premise of crypto I find extremely intriguing and worthwhile and um, extremely beneficial and, and I believe today as I did six years ago that like it will change the world and it's already starting to and um, I think the conversion into crypto after it matured out of its early implementation phase um, to me was just a, a no-brainer. I, I can't think of a specific moment, but like from the beginning of that um, like introduction to me in like 2014, 15, like that just made a lot of sense. So the the conversion into NFTs, if I'm being honest, it way, was way harder for me. Um, it took okay. me a long time to understand the value NFTs and I'm talking like over two years ago before like you know this is when like crypto kitties was around and I wasn't paying attention and all this sort of stuff I was just like I don't see it like I don't understand and I was in my 30s I wasn't gaming anymore but I knew Pokemon was making a billion dollars a year on Pokemon Go like I knew that you know NBA 2k was making all their money off like store purchases I knew there was like an appetite I worked for a brand that was doing esports so like I knew what the revenue from esports point of view was I just couldn't connect the dots for, for art, and then um, it was the digital. So many digital artists go undervalued, right? Their art is perceived to be less than something on a canvas because people don't understand how it's made, and they don't understand that maybe a digital piece by Boss Logic or Justin Mallow or someone might take 30, 50 hours and 15 years of technical training to execute, and seeing the provenance provided to that digital artwork was the thing that actually changed my mind about the value of NFTs. Mm -hmm. It was adding uh, authenticity, ownership, and provenance to digital artwork rather than the you know right-click save mentality, um, and then providing these artists the opportunity to build their career outside of working for brands or doing graphic design jobs that they didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. It actually gave artists that I looked up to and was friends with the opportunity to be themselves and have a career off their own back. And if you look at so many of these artists that are like Psych from Dead Fellas, Pack, like the, the list is endless, right? Yes. Um, Rapid Anadol, like Tipatron from Australia, like it's just beautiful to see it. And for me, like anything that supports artists that way, and then give them the opportunity to earn royalties off the sale of their mm. products. That like changed my mind entirely. And then yeah. you know, sitting in the kitchen and seeing one of your friends win is the best experience. Cool. And then after that, I was like, 
man, I should have listened six months ago. <laughs> how, how can I do this now and stop being ignorant and hate, like, just being a hater for no reason? Let's learn. Yes. And then I've kind of taken that mentality to try and bring as many people along for the ride as well. And I know a lot of Web2 artists that we're converting into Web3 artists because of the opportunity that this world affords us yeah. um, to be creative, own our own future, uh, and have a greater living without someone taking 50% of the gallery, which is also nice. So yeah. Been, yeah, it's uh, it was definitely a few things, but it took a minute. And now I'm fully unlocked. Oh, man, you are, you are all the way, you are all the way in. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. funny, like, you know, Charlie uh, tells me, Kosi, you have to know the history so that you know the future, right? I was, before I met Charlie, uh, it was really that, you know what, history is something that I did when I was at school and I don't want to do it again. But um, once Charlie mentioned it, I started doing a lot more, like, reading about the history and and then came across that there was a time in, in the history that, when people start painting on canvases, they were, you know, like, oh, that's not real art because real art is like lots on chapels and, you know, all that. And now we are going to the same thing, the digital art, you know, oh, that's not real art, you know, come on, mm -hmm. you know, so. I, I've, I've experienced this in my own career. Like when I started customizing sneakers in the early 2000s, everyone told me I was making fakes. Everyone told me I was just like, you know, ripping off artwork and then, you know, five years later, I'm in the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. I'm in the National Gallery of Victoria. I design shoes for Jordan brand. Oh, well Michael done. Jordan has my shoes. Like, it's funny how, like, if you were just dedicated to what you're passionate about and you can get through that, like, initial phase and you just stay true to what you want to do, like, the audience will eventually shift their mindset to come along for the ride. And, like, it wasn't easy at the start, like, <laughs> getting all that hateful feedback. But, like, I was just persistent because I was doing it for me. I wasn't yes. doing it for anybody else. And I think that like when I create artwork, the biggest mistake an artist can make, I think, is trying to make something for everyone. Yeah. Um, I only really make artwork that I like. And I found that through that lens, I've been able to foster and create an audience that likes my aesthetic and, and wants to be a part of that universe or artwork or whatever. So yeah, I, I hear you totally because like I literally lived that like, um, you know, I was getting so much hate online when I started customizing, customizing sneakers and then there was only two people in the world doing it for a job, me and my very good friend Sabotage in Singapore and now go look up, in, you know, custom sneakers on yes. Instagram and there'd be oh, 10,000, 100,000 exactly. people in a day. Like, it's just crazy, nothing's changed. That's crazy. So, so can I ask you to, and I don't know how you would describe this, I guess, you just said that you create art that you like. How much of a balancing act is that for you when working for you know a, a brand or something that obviously has a vision in their mind but because it, it's it's got to be difficult i would imagine it was really hard at the start mate like um so i tried to be super commercial at the start and my friend sabotage in singapore gave me some advice he's like if you just keep creating artwork based on things that you like they're just going to hire the people who make the original artwork not you and i kind of have after that point in time in that conversation, that was kind of like an unlocked moment for me where I was like, all right, I'm going to take the commercial hit and maybe make less money over the next two years and try and establish a style that I don't have to sign my name on the canvas or I don't have to sign my name on the artwork for people to know that it's mine and me. And I took that risk financially and I can tell you over that two years trying to establish that like IP and brand yeah. in the art world was not working for me financially, but 
I'm in a privileged position now that like if Kid Robot come to me or Globe or you know I do customs for Lego and all this stuff like they come to me for my eye like my use of color my my style and then what I do is I put their branded skin on my aesthetic so I try and like compromise the two uh, but I would say like starting out to artists like the biggest piece of advice I can give them is don't try and copy someone else like you can be inspired the only reason I know how to draw is because I copied graffiti out of graffiti books for years like trying to do graffiti and like why does this work and how does this letter work with this and this style and I taught myself by copying other artists but when I came time to like come out as an artist and sell art I wanted to make sure that I had my own branding and IP so I'm lucky that like and to be fair brands won't come to you because you're a good painter they're going to come to you because they want something that you have and it's traditionally going to be your audience or IP or experience so if you don't have an identifiable style you probably don't have a chance of working with a brand wow that's a really good point yeah yeah that, that's awesome right hey um, I'm, I'm, you know, very concerned about the time, conscious about the time, because you're shoot off pretty fast. Uh, as the last question, I'm going to ask you, can you um, tell us a little bit about your sneaker cards? Because I'm super keen on those ones. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. Um, but, <laughs> you know, with the NFTs, I'm like super cool. I would like to hear about your uh, the uh, other NFT projects and what you're working on as well um, as, a, as a closing point. That'd be fantastic, man. Yeah, cool. Thank you for asking. Um, so. Sneaky Cards is a sort of, the idea around that to me was creating like a blockchain, um, like forever identifiable archive of the artwork that I've contributed to the sneaker scene over the 20 year career that I've, that I've had and um, creating like a deck of cards essentially that uh, momentous customs for me and, and kind of helped set me on the path from painting shoes on my bed in my parents' house to having a studio and, and you know having a career completely different than what I thought I was going to have at 17 or 18. So sneaky cards are the, I would say, like representation of what got me to here today and what will set me up for where I'm going in the future. So um, the utility of sneaky cards is pretty simple. Um, we release short series of sneaky cards, so we're getting ready for series two drop at the moment. We drop 10 to 15 a series. Uh, the, we do like a raffle or a giveaway at the end of every 15 uh, and that is for a pair of customs so we design i designed a pair of customs for the winner of the raffle and it's a merch giveaway i would say outside of that the most important utility is that it will be the genesis genesis pass for what i'm building in my project that will be called robo ghosts so uh, the robo ghost is actually the narrative and ip world that i built to answer the earlier question i was like how do i have an identifiable style and I was watching Donnie Darko drinking vodka one night at home, and I'm like, had this idea, and I'm like, I thought I was gonna be, I was gonna be like just this robot. I was just gonna like work in a bank. I wasn't gonna like it. And I was like, what happens to a robot when they're no longer with us? Like, what would a robot, like robot ghost, look like? And I just started drawing these characters, and then by the end of the night, I wrote like this like four page narrative around this world, like this dystopian future they lived in. And for the last fifteen years, I've been drawing these characters, and every toy I've designed every sneaker I've designed. I haven't told the companies, but I've been hiding the IP in the products. So, <laughs> you, know, you get my first pair of shoes from Globe from 2009, the whole in, like the whole insult is Robo Ghost Arms. Yeah. Um, same with the Kid Robot toys that I designed like four or five years ago, the whole inside of the box is Robo Ghost. So um, <laughs> this is the opportunity to bring like that narrative to life for the first time. Yeah. Uh, it will be through the lens of like a generative PFP, we'll probably do less than 10K, it'll be like three or 
browsing. Uh, we're going to do heaps of giveaway. We've got brand partnerships and sneaker collabs and all sorts of stuff to wrap into it. So we're kind of in a really bad time to launch an NFT project. Hey. So <laughs> yeah. um, I think what I'm doing at the moment is just trying to be present, provide as much value to people as I can, focus on sneaker cards because it's much smaller, and then build that authentic audience of followers that we can then reward when we launch RoboGhosts and go into all of our brand partnerships and that bigger rollout for that. So that should happen as soon as we turn around or maybe by mid-year so I don't keep paying everyone month to month without launching because you've got to keep your team on, right? But um, yeah, it, it's been a really fun transition building that up. And I think the one thing I want to focus on RoboGhosts is like setting a realistic expectation for the audience and being super transparent and clear. Hopefully you guys feel like that's who I am as a person. I, I don't set unrealistic expectations. I am very transparent and honest, and I think there's big mistakes being made by projects at the moment by getting 100 ETH and saying you're going to build a metaverse and like you know launch a globally recognized streetwear brand and like realistically, so many of these people don't have that experience. Yeah. So we're going to be really clear, really honest, really upfront. Everything will be declared. I saw a project get flooded yesterday for taking funds out. The day after it minted, I'm like, no. maybe they're preparing for tax, guys, because yeah. they're adults, you know, like, <laughs> stuff. So, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think the thing I'm most excited about is like giving back to the people that are buying in. So, whether that is through the product and sneakers or whatever, that's cool. The toys we design, that's cool too. But we're going to have consultation days where we have the opportunity to, you know, provide feedback to people that are building and information um, and building communities. Like, I've illustrated a few times. Like I've run so many websites, built so many forums. I give art classes uh, for schools and stuff. Like I am a giving person. So for me, getting a community of people that are thriving together and working towards something like that, and then shit, if sneakers blow up, like I'm gonna be in early and I wanna be the sneaker guy. So yeah. gotta make sure me and, and the group of people that we get behind us are at the forefront of that space too. So Thank you for asking. Um, we'll do so many spaces and roll out information over the coming months. But uh, the RoboGhost Twitter is up. If you like the artwork, it's already there. There's some teasers yeah. for what's coming. And Sneaker Card Season 2 will launch soon. Uh, we're doing votes to let the community decide what shoes to uh, put in Season 2. So that's been fun too. Yeah, that's cool. I've been following. Come on, let everybody know that's listening. Like how on Twitter they can yeah. find the yeah. RoboGhosts. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so um, the Twitter is just called the Robo Ghosts. I'm Secure D with a K. And um, the Sneaky Cards has its own Twitter. Just um, Sneaky Cards. Uh, I managed to get that early. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this store would be gone. Uh, but all of them are, are fine. Uh, you can find all of the links off my link tree, which is on uh, the Secure D Twitter, which is kind of my main home. And then those are kind of all the portals around which I work. Every day, and thank God we can schedule tweets, hey? Otherwise, we spend all day on Twitter managing three or four accounts, but we do what we can. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Mate, um, thank you so much um, for your time today, uh, Sikia, because you know, I know you are, you got quite a lot going on and you still put aside you know, this time aside, and you know that's like bringing so much value to us uh, and then also the community as well. And uh, like you said, you mentioned you are a giving person and we are, we are the same. And that's why I really want you um, on the podcast. And we always speak, you know, who we want to, um, you know, think because, like you said, initially we thought, oh, it's okay, I can call me this name or that because I'm all fully docs, and we are like about that as well. And 
I think it, it's cool. Uh, not you know, we are saying like everyone has to be dogs to have a project, but it's good to have this and people can see your face, and it's good to have that repo as well. And the best time to build is now. I mean, like, like I mean, like Forbes was founded, you know, in the hard times, and look where they are. And yeah, you're doing some great stuff, mate. Keep the good work, and you know, we are here to support you in any way you you need. Um, and we do support you others as well. So yeah. Um, we are here to support, mate. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Bring good to the world. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to have me on. I enjoy speaking to you guys. And hopefully, when things start to ramp up, maybe we can circle back and I can give you an update on where we're at. But um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, thank you for your time today. It was, awesome. uh, I always yeah. have fun talking about speakers. I can do it all day. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Have a great rest of the afternoon. And um, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you on Twitter soon. Yeah. See you, mate. Thank awesome. You. Thank nice you so to much. Meet you, man. See you later. Bye. Oh. All right, guys. Um, Did you guess a little bit? No, no, it's all right. Let's, uh, we have still got the uh, space going. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're 15 minutes early. 15 yeah. minutes early, right? Because, um, you know, Sikia had to, um, you know, leave. But thank you so much for that um, time. That's, you know, um, that's great. And, yeah. And I hope we added some value here. I mean, like, definitely uh, Sikia did. Yeah. Oh, man, he's got a... He's been around, hasn't he, in the brands and his art. And I'm going to have to go follow Secure, I think, after this. Right. And also RoboGhost. Yeah. pretty interesting. I think everyone should. I think everyone should follow Secure. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, given what he has uh, brought and what he's doing, I think that's what, you know, adding value means. Like, you know, everyone says, like, oh, we are building. And this is what it is, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's building is like, you know, you can always say it, but doing, I think that's a different thing. Execution is what really speaks, you know, louder than anything else, right? So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any, 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 anything else you well, want to bring the, in? The biggest takeaway that I got from that was stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. you want to do. That's like, important. Just like, stay true to yourself. Yeah. Don't be swayed, you yeah. know. From, uh, you know, what's the next shiny thing? Well, not, mean, not just the next shiny thing, but especially like speaking to mm-hmm. the art. Mm. Don't try to do what, what you everyone think thinks. somebody wants you to do. Yeah, yeah. Do your thing. Mm. Yeah. Make it yours. Yeah. Keep yourself, your uniqueness true to yourself. And yeah. Obviously, there's a balancing act there, as we discussed. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, can always I hold on to that? As he said, yeah. can I bring something up? Can I? I know that um, you know, Asikia didn't want to talk about it too much, but I want to bring back the Porsche, the NFT project. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The reason about Kid Called Beast, no. yeah, the Kid Called Beast, yeah, we can bring that afterwards. You know, so we can we can finish it on a positive note. Yeah. <laughs> so with the with the Porsche, what is your take on this, um, Craig? Um, we know it's a project that they're trying to, you know, get into it. But what's the thing that you? I know. I, I guess I expected some more specifics from it. Yeah. It was kind of like his NFT. I understood there was like over one hundred thirty thousand variations by the time. One hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred fifty thousand that you could customize, which is quite a lot. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of people to get, you know, mm. a, a unique something unique that they want. Um, but like a lot of other projects, mm-hmm. the value that was going to be provided was yeah. very vague for me. Very thin, it's right? Like, you know, yeah. You know, buy this thing now and we'll give you something later. Yeah. You know, or, or you know, you'll, you'll be entitled to something mm. later or we'll get you something, but that something is never mentioned. Never mentioned. Yeah. What about you, Charlie? 
Well, with me, I would say the 0.9 ETH, yep. probably a bit high for a first product. I went through the website. I yep. couldn't understand what they were going to deliver. Like it's sort of like a metaverse or digital, but it was just like, what is it? Could you give me some utility? Because hmm. I look at it, Porsche's a really big, well-known brand, well-established. Cool. I, yeah. I love Porsche. Don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. Porsche, right? but I felt this was just, to me, it felt like it was just pushed yep. together Rusty. and put out there and let's make some ETH. And yep. yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like the Porsche brand to me, put it that way. Yeah. And I was a bit lost in trying to understand hmm. what their goal was or if they even just had a simple roadmap with yeah. a few dates and dot points yeah. and i mean for me when i looked at the porsche website and the nft porsche website they are you know to is it talk and cheese but, yeah talk and cheese yeah talk and cheese if, right? if you if you'll pardon the pun yeah the nft website didn't quite have the same polish yes you know the the attention to detail yeah. from being porsche from germany and all that it did not flow through, and I feel like it just like, oh, let's put some heat. Oh, they must yeah. have taken some time, but it shows like the. It, you know, wasn't, the, it wasn't bad, but it, it wasn't just, bad, but the attention to detail was didn't there. It did feel like Porsche. It did not feel like yeah. Porsche at all, right? Yeah. And I think, especially for the hardcore fans, uh, not fans of Porsche, I think they're in there, like, okay, look, it doesn't talk to them, I feel. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't talk, it, it talk. It might talk to the, the Web3 blockchain people who are in the Porsche, but hardcore Porsche, I'm like, only 900 something got minted out of that, right? And out of that's thousand. Yeah, hope of flipping. Yeah, you know, hope of fi flipping, of exactly. Ah, oh, Porsche gave it mints out, I can go sell it for Sell it something or, else. But yeah, even like the. Um, I didn't mint one. Yeah. Have a look, but the image of the NFT itself, I was like, come on, guys, couldn't you have put. Yeah more effort in there it was just real bland because someone just took a picture and then they decided okay that's what they're going to put in there they're a bit lazy so yeah. all right so we don't want to uh dash but, but it's but, good on them for you know but in saying that we don't know what they've got in store for the future exactly of that project. I mean, that's so a, it yes. wasn't clear to me yeah but you know they could yeah. have a lot 100%. filed in there but they're just holding back to see hmm. and the beauty of the nft projects like you can keep on bringing value to it for the rest of yeah. life yeah. you know yeah. and that's the thing like someone else comes in like some CMO comes in and like oh you know you want to pivot and they, they can pick it up and run yeah. and you're going to keep the believers there I mean the people who whether they say flip it or whatever there's always someone will be owning that NFT yeah. I think I think the biggest risk they face mm -hmm. is jumping in similar to what they have right now yes. and then going oh well that didn't work like you know we won't bother mm -hmm. doing that again anytime soon yes, yes. and then those brands get left behind left behind because... yes and it's as uh secure said like nike's got the blueprint for yes a web 2 moving into web 3 business 100 percent, right um yeah. cool okay let's uh for the last uh five minutes charlie all right you know so you can start about your you formed me into an NFT oh, project. I was, I was joking. <laughs> I was joking about that. But um, yeah, like look at the market we're in. Even secure mentioned. Yeah. But there are projects that are doing well. I've been a kid called Beast has been out for maybe a year, yep. a year and a half, and um, they just worked on building a community and sharing three D art and concepts and communicating yep. and. 
than Mint when live a week ago, two a week two yeah. weeks ago now, and they got their Twitter account hacked, but they come together and built that project, and then coming in, and you've got your yeah, your Friday American, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, for no, no, no. Uh, Wednesday, their time, our Thursday. Yeah. For anybody listening that's not familiar with it, can you describe what the project is? Um, so, it's 20 different communities yep. of people's, I would say, different personalities different personalities, or yeah. hobbies, personalities. Oh, yeah. That's hobbies. Like professionals. Like, it could be like you got the real estate guy, you got the investors, you got the oh, musicians, okay. you got the hippies, you got the. You know, yeah. IT guys, you got Wagme, the social media influencer <laughs> like Nathan. Because yeah. when you said personalities, the, I thought I could have all eighteen of those. In I, I actually tried. To, <laughs> I tried to convince uh, Lawrence this morning into uh, Michelin. Oh, yeah, yeah, Michelin. Yeah. I can't remember whatever the last one is, but there's a foodies group in there too. Yeah, and we know Lawrence loves um, cooking his marvelous yeah. food. And my yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, we got one for Blockstars for Bill, Bill Hatton, yep, Bill which Hatton. is a business, yep, and we're business. looking at um, Leap, Leap Labs, which yep. is a developer, developer community group. group. Yeah. And um, yeah, 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 so we, yeah, as Blockstars, we uh, we went in as yeah. well, and it's, it's good to be part of that community and, you know, how well we can be helping. Because this will give the opportunity to be part of communities that like-minded people. So we got the developer one, and we got the investor one uh, with business and you know mentorship as well goes in there. Um, we got the another one for like fashion and brand. Um, we got one for influencers for social media. So I think you know I think between between us I think we got that covered. Yeah. 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 So, so there's always room for one more, Craig. Come on, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, show, I'll show you this afterwards. <laughs> I think, but it's a yeah, cool little a cool community, community, and you know, you don't know who's when it's a world when it's that well known and it's got a good following, good community. Like yeah. I would say, I wouldn't be surprised if Gary V's in a few of those um, yeah groups as well. I mean, the 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 the, the thing that I liked about it because we were in that you know five minutes to uh, the mint. Mm. That's when it got. Uh, Twitter got hacked and myself I was in that I, I saw Charlie I think you were in that space maybe as well working in the space working yeah, in space so, yeah. and they got hacked and you know it's I don't think it's, I like to say it's good but um, as a business we experience the emotional roller coaster so what happens like now we understand okay look okay we had to look after our security now right so then I go and, you know, um, disconnect our Twitter account with all third party connections and we got some hardware security, you know, devices. Like I do with my wallet on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, that's what you do with your wallet. I should do the same thing there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so these are the things that, you know, um, it's you know, when, when someone explains it like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Like, why, you know, if they got the token, yeah, they can, you know, connect it to the back, you know, as a reverse, you know, to the yeah. back to the API. And as IT guys, as programmers, we know this could happen, right? But have you ever, you know, being, you know, rather than being reactive, have been, you know, proactive? No, we haven't, you know, apart from you. Right? I, try, I try to be, but you can't. You can't, cover right? Everything. Yeah. So it's it's just like the innovation when someone innovates something, as yeah. you were saying before, the secure, and you go, oh, yes, that works. I get it. I like it. This is probably going to be the standard. Yes. When something bad happens, which 
can happen in many ways that you don't think of. There's a lot of smart mm. people yeah. out there trying to attack everything. Mm. Um, and then you see it, oh, they got bypassed through a token of another third party yeah, website third party. into there, and it's like, that makes sense. We better go check what we've got yeah. on ours, you know what I mean? It's like think, that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's right, because I think yeah. it's a constant learning, and, yeah. um, but, you know, um, yeah, I was, I saw the project, I was like, ah, no, nah, that project is not, and I saw it like zero point something, like two or three or something like that, but, and then, um, you know, Charlie comes in like, oh, Charlie, you had a quote looking into this one, I love the website, and that's what you see, it took me like, you know, it, it only, you know, it took Charlie like, you know, I think it's about three and a half seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you that look. He gave me that, you know, like, our eyes connected, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm in now, you know what I mean? I'm in, and then Nathan got in as well. I looked Cozzy in the eyes, I said, UNFT, and then the world just went rainbows. You um, <laughs> heard nothing eyes, after NFT. With, with yeah. a lovely song in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so... Yeah, but it's cool. Jump on the um, A Kid Called Beast website, akidcalledbeast.com, and take the test to see what community percentage yeah. you'd be in so yeah. because you have a questionnaire and then you answer some questions yeah and then it, you see okay like okay this is your 90 percent here 83 percent there five percent here and then it gives you based on that so yeah. and that's the beauty of it and you know actually we are the reason why we are saying this nft we are bringing that up is because they've been doing little bit things a little bit differently yeah. we're not saying everyone just go and buy it it's not investment advice anything like that but all we are saying is that look yeah. these are the new ways people are doing and then post come come up with something like that it's like worlds apart and Nike is yeah. doing cool stuff and I think this is what it is. I think brands have to be innovative. They have to think a little bit differently. Well, even like, then, like the Australian, the Apple team, what yeah. have they done? I'm like, that That's works. I understand it and yeah, it's yeah. amazing. We touched on it earlier, the pace at which everything is moving in this space. You can't do what you could do six months ago. Yes, you can't do that. Yeah, and it's yeah. been like that for many years now. You just new things come, and you just got to keep adapting. Yes. Like, hey, 2015, 16, 17, you could create a token and a white paper, and next minute it's got there yeah. you go, seven hundred million valuation. Now you need a website, you need interactivity. Yeah. You've got to have a new concept because people yeah. have been burnt, and now they're exactly. learning and. With NFTs, it brings another dimension to community as 100%. well. With that community aspect, which you've got to be on top. Yeah. Of. yeah. All right, guys. I'm gonna um, let's call it a um, call it time because I think we've just gone over the one hour mark. So, guys, um, thank you so much for uh, joining us from Insta, uh, Twitter, and um, YouTube. So, guys, um, if you have any questions, hit hit us up, and we're more than happy to answer. Um, but yeah, and thank you again for your time and being part of the community. Um, love uh, everyone's input, and if you have input, please send to us, and we're here to learn ourselves as well. And, and don't forget the meetup. And yeah, and also there's a meetup happening on the 7th of February in um, Gold Coast at the island. So what we have done is we have changed, uh, so it's inside the island uh, hotel, but uh, we have taken a different um, approach uh, for this uh, upcoming um, meetup. Yeah. It's going to be a innovation speech night, uh, which means that uh, we are in, it's, at the moment we are only opening up for uh, for the pitchers to be there in person, physically in in person there. So we are really uh, this is our first pitch night. 
So we are we have uh, invited people from Gold Coast yeah. and Brisbane uh, to come and uh, pitch for the ideas, and we got really cool um, pitches at the moment coming through to us, and like keep them coming. And uh, also, if you are if you are into learning how to pitch or to see how it's going, and it's a, it's a, it's a networking night as well. We have you know a lot of networking. We got awesome pizza there as well. So if you are in Brisbane and um, you know around Gold Coast. We invite you to join us on the 7th of Feb uh, from 5.30 onwards. And from anywhere else, stay tuned because we had a couple of people, well, a few requests from yes. outside of here and some international ones. So. Of course, yeah. yeah. Nathan, can we go live from the event? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, I love yeah. those three-letter words. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. In that case, I think we will do a live uh, broadcast from uh, on the day. So, yeah. On that note, yep. thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. See you Thanks later. Guys. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.